You're listening to Three Mob Radio. Zimbabwe's Minister of uh, Finance and Economic Development, uh, Professor Mtuli Ngube, has met the media in Arare. My name is Larry Kweda, here for Three Mob Radio and... The discussion he had was over the financial situation of the country, you know, the economy and stuff like that. And uh, I'm going to let you listen to the whole conversation at the media. First, there was a press statement that he read out, and then he had a long session with members of the media answering their questions. Here we go. Uh, Colleagues, uh, good morning and welcome uh, to this press uh, briefing. Uh, I'll be making two uh, press briefings in succession. The first press briefing pertains to issues around the stabilization of the exchange rate and the control of inflation. The second press briefing pertains to the remuneration framework for the uh, condition and conditions of service for the civil servants. Let me start with the issues uh, or measures that were additional measures that government is taking uh, to stabilize the exchange rate and to control uh, inflation. The government has, has recently uh, taken significant steps to stabilize the exchange rate as announced through the presidential policy statement and other measures. The impact of these measures have, significant, have signaled to the market that government is a, a total commitment to enhancing the country's foreign exchange management systems. However, additional measures to further strengthen these systems and measures based on the following and well-established facts relating to the country are required. One, the key drivers of exchange rate instability in any economy are fiscal deficits and monetary, money creation by monetary authorities. These two variables have long been dealt with uh, successfully within our economy in the sense that we've eliminated uh, a large deficits and we've also put, it, uh, put the, the growth of money supply under control. Number two, in addition, the current account has moved from a deficit to a surplus position over the last three years. The trade balance has ceased to, to put pressure on the exchange rate. Three, the economy is generating substantial foreign exchange uh, 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 at the moment, which is adequate to fund imports and other external payments. Four, the confidence deficit among economic agents as a result of past hyperinflation uh, experiences has resulted in a higher than usual demand for US dollars as a store of value. This is reflected not only in the increasing holdings of foreign currency balances in the banking system. Uh, these balances, however, do not efficiently circulate in the economy due to structural issues in the banking sector. Five, the lack of confidence and high inflation expectations have, have incentivized economic agents to engage in power market benchmarking uh, in the uh, pricing mechanism and in a skewed preference for US dollars for commercial transactions. 
and forward exchange rate pricing is also the norm, thus creating a vicious cycle of increasing prices which is self-fulfilling and is generating higher month-on-month levels of inflation as well as fueling adverse inflation expectations. The proof of this lies in a recent econometric study done at the University of Zimbabwe, which indicates that inflation is not being caused by the, the normal real economic variables, but by behavioral variables such as confidence, uh, adverse uh, infl- inflation expectations, uh, arbitrage uh, uh, behavior and opportunities, among other things. Six, the skewed preference for the US dollars in the economy has also resulted in a larger than normal demand for foreign exchange to support domestic transactions as opposed to foreign exchange being uh, predominantly used to fund external transactions. I now proceed to pronounce the additional measures. Based on the above economic facts, government has put in place the following additional measures uh, to build further confidence in the economy. One, entrenching the multi-currency system in law. The government has clearly stated this in its intention of maintaining a multi-currency system based on the dual use of the US dollar and the Zimbabwe dollar in the main. However, the market lacks confidence in the multi-currency system. However, let me take that. However, the market's lack of confidence in the multi-currency system is is causing us challenges. And I want to assure you that this multi-currency system is here to stay into the foreseeable future. And to eliminate any speculation and arbitrage-based activities on this issue, the government has decided to embed the multi-currency system and and continue to use it uh, or or to make sure that the the US dollar is used as a transaction currency in law for a period uh, that includes the five years that covers the NDS-1 period. So this will be in place for the entire NDS-1 period. Uh, Number two, entrenching the interbank market exchange rate in law. The interbank market exchange rate is now being determined by banks on a willing buyer, willing seller basis. The utilization uh, in all economic uh, transactions of this formal rate is now made uh, mandatory by law. While economic agents are free to price their goods in US dollars or Zimbabwe dollars, there are no price controls, as you know. Uh, uh, the equivalence of US dollar uh, uh, price and Zimbabwe dollar prices for commodities should be strictly based on the current interbank exchange rate as determined by the willing buyer, willing seller rate. I move on to other stabilization measures pertaining to fuel, uh, maize meal, and bread in, 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 in our shops. Let me start with the interventions in the fuel sector. Over the past few months, following significant pressure on global fuel prices due to global tensions, uh, has been, uh, government has been interven- in, um, intervening in the fuel sector in order to stabilize fuel prices. These actions have included the downward review of government levies on, on, on fuel, and number two, the release of fuel from the strategic fuel reserve. This week, the government completely removed the levy 
on diesel, or rather brought it down to zero cents, and significantly dropped the levy on petrol, is now down to 4.7 cents. This action prevented the price of fuel from breaching the two US, US dollars per liter mark. I now turn to the grain issue. Government is taking action to increase the supply of maize and wheat uh, into the market in order to ensure uh, a, a greater availability and price stability. And this is being done through releases from the strategic grain uh, reserve. Let me start with wheat. Government is, is, is going to immediately release 21,000 metric tons of, of wheat uh, over the next uh, one month to the millers. And this is beginning in July. Uh, this will be done uh, in terms of pricing at the input parity uh, price calculated at the prevailing interbank rate or the willing buyer, willing seller rate. Millers Miller have also indicated to us as government that they will intend import 70,000 metric tons of wheat uh, over a three-month period. The wheat will be sold at the import parity price converted into local currency equivalent at the ruling exchange rate. And now turn to maize. Uh, again, government will immediately release 7,000 metric tons of maize, uh, which is really uh, uh, is an outstanding allocation to millers, which they have already pay, paid for, but there were just delays in releasing it due to some technical issues. But this will now be released immediately. That's 7,000 metric tons. In addition, government will release a further 25,000 metric tons of maize uh, on the back of a swap arrangement uh, with, with millers, uh, because they intend to import a similar amount over time. So that we immediately give, hand, hand over 25,000 metric tons to the millers for them to process and satisfy the market. Thereafter, a further release of 27,000 metric tons of maize from the strategic grain reserve will also be made. Uh, this is at the ruling price of 75,000 Zimbabwe dollars uh, per ton plus 90 US dollars per ton. And this uh, 90 US dollars per ton is being converted at the prevailing interbank rate. Let me make further observations. It has been noted that uh, millers or some millers uh, tend to put the burden uh, on government to replenish their grain stocks. While we appreciate the importance of ensuring food security to the nation, millers should be encouraged to source their own grain stocks uh, uh, whenever possible. We encourage them to do that. We've given the licenses to import freely, and they should be able to, to do that. But that said, the government will expedite importation of maize from the region to make sure that we have enough stocks to uh, supply to our citizens. The government of, of Zimbabwe remains committed uh, to maintaining macroeconomic stability and the elimination of harmful and destabilizing arbitrage conditions that have pervaded the economy at the expense of the generality of citizens. I thank you. Uh, uh, colleagues, uh, thank you for listening to that first uh, uh, statement. I now proceed to give a statement regarding uh, the review of civil servants' salaries, both monetary and non-monetary benefits uh, included.
The government of Zimbabwe recognizes the, and appreciates the tireless work and unwavering commitment to duty by all civil servants across the three arms of the state, namely the executive, which is the whole of government, the legislature, which is parliament, and the judiciary, including grant-aided entities, agencies, and independent uh, commissions. To this end, the government has been, has been closely monitoring developments in the macroeconomy with a view to ensuring that exogenous shocks from adverse macroeconomic developments do not seriously erode the purchasing power of civil servants' salaries. As such, government has been reviewing the cash and non-cash benefits uh, or monetary and non-monetary benefits of civil servants uh, as, as follows. I will start with the executive. Just recently, the government announced that civil servants' uh, pay salaries have been increased by 100% with effect from 1 July 2022, and that negotiations are continuing through the National Joint Negotiating Committee, NJNC, platform to come up with additional uh, uh, salary um, uh, measures uh, for, uh, uh, for all our civil servants. In addition, serving members of the civil service have the following benefits. A, a housing loan guarantee scheme, that's one, two, civil service housing loan scheme, three, uh, there's access to a duty-free importation of a single motor vehicle, vehicle uh, for personal use by any civil servant. I wanted to highlight those three non-mandatory benefits. Let me turn specifically to the health sector. With particular regard to the health services sector, government has reviewed with immediate effect upwards the health sector specific allowances in the following areas. One, uh, we've increased the on-call allowances which apply to doctors and laboratory scientists. Two, we've increased the night duty and standby or call-out allowances which apply to nurses, nurse aides, and general hands uh, in theater. Three, we've immediately increased the nurse manager's allowances. Four, we've increased the special health equalization factor, which applies to all eligible staff. And then uh, five, uh, uh, also we've increased the COVID and infectious disease risk allowances. In addition, the government has reviewed the non-monetary benefits for the health sector uh, in the following ways. One, the provision of institutional housing for health workers, starting with our big centers, namely Harare and Bulawayo, but then proceeding and expanding into the other uh, geographical areas. Two, the provision of housing loan guarantees. Three, provision of efficient transport facilities, starting with our referral or central hospitals including the 6th Hospital, Egusilani. Addressing uh, deficiencies in the cafeteria system and re-operationalizing this system is also another action that we are taking as government. Including, uh, also we include the local production and sourcing of uniforms for our health sector personnel. So that's what we have, the action we have taken immediately to give relief uh, but also support to our health sector employees as government. I now turn to the teachers. 
uh, I've talked about the monetary benefits, the 100% increase in, in salaries beginning 1st of July 2022. In addition, the other benefits, uh, some of them are quasi-monetary, some of them are non-monetary. This is the restoration of the advancements awards. That's the first uh, benefit. The two, the payment of performance awards, which had been withheld due to financial constraints in the past, which have, uh, these have been restored, and these will now be processed with effect from 1st of July 2022. For this purpose, members will now be placed on their correct employment grades. Three, there will be payment of school fees for up to three biological children per teaching family. This benefit applies to teachers and payment will be made directly to the schools and will be up to a prescribed limit per biological uh, child. Currently, this limit is set at $20,000 per child per term and Treasury is ready to disperse the required amounts for the first term. Four, the provision of 34,000 housing units is institutional accommodation for teachers. To cushion teachers from the rising cost of accommodation, government has committed itself to provide 34,000 housing units within and outside school premises uh, over a period of five years. Finally, the provision of transport facilities to ferry teachers of both rural and urban areas uh, uh, is being uh, implemented and has already commenced. This is facilitated by existing structures under the Civil Service Bus Fund and the Rural and Urban Mass Transport uh, Systems. I now want to highlight the security sector or cluster. Government values the critical role played by the security services in the, in the country and in, the, in our economy. You cannot have economic growth without the requisite peace. Substantial progress has been made in ensuring competitive remuneration and general improvement in the conditions of service for members uh, of the security sector. I want to highlight the four areas where government has tried to make some improvements. One, government has introduced the military salary concept and its equivalent across the entire security cluster and that covers various categories of benefits. In addition, the government has accelerated the acquisition of operational vehicles targeting middle <coughs> management within the security cluster. Three, the government is also instituting uh, immediate measures to increase access to institutional housing and transportation for serving members of the security services. Four, the security services sector also has access to housing loan guarantee uh, schemes to enable members to purchase houses in the areas of their choice under the frameworks being finalized by this, uh, the service commissions and the respective um, and the respective and participating financial institutions uh, to this scheme. Let me further highlight the provision of housing loan guarantee schemes for home ownership across the entire civil service. The Public Service Commission is collaborating with the Ministry of National Housing and Social Amenities, the Ministry of Local Government and Public Works and Treasury uh, 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 to work towards the resuscitation of the housing loan guarantee facility for civil servants, under which the government will be the guarantor of housing mortgages applied by, uh, uh, by members, applied for by members through the identified networks of banks. 
Consultations between relevant stakeholders uh, have already begun and have been initiated, being initiated by the Public Service Commission. I also want to further highlight the payment or continued payment of the uh, 75 US dollars COVID-19 allowance. Recognizing the significant risk factors faced by civil servants who are mostly frontline workers, government introduced the 75 US dollars per month uh, as a COVID risk allowance. This amount is still uh, payable in foreign currency and will continue to be paid for the foreseeable future. I now turn to the 100 US dollars uh, cushioning allowance uh, which we introduced uh, a few months ago. Recognizing the inflationary pressures faced by public sector workers in the face of adverse macroeconomic developments and the impact of dual currency pricing, government introduced a hundred US dollars per month cushioning allowance payable in foreign currency. This allowance also continues to be paid and will, uh, uh, will, be, will subsist for the foreseeable future. That was a uh, uh, Basically, emoluments, uh, monetary benefits, non-monetary benefits pertaining to the uh, executive arm of the state or whole of government. And now turn to the legislature, which is parliament. Parliamentarians and staff of parliament, uh, the parliament of Zimbabwe have also had various uh, reviews implemented across both salary and non-cash benefits as follows and this is with immediate effect one salaries have been increased by at least 100 percent with the effect from 1 july 2022 sitting allowances have also been similarly increased with immediate effect government has also in introduced with immediate effect a contributory medical scheme where government will contribute 80 percent to the subscriptions uh, uh, similar to the scheme which is in place for the rest of the civil servants. Four, government has introduced a duty-free importation allowance for a second, a second motor vehicle for use by parliamentarians in their public service work. Uh, five, in order to ease transport challenges uh, for employees, government acquired buses for use by parliament staff. Six, in the spirit of leaving no one and no place behind in public engagement, government has introduced, recently introduced a constituency visit allowance to improve close relations between elected officials and their constituents and electorate. Fuel is provided to members in all constituencies, irrespective of the distance to their constituencies from the capital city. And this is also in proportion to the size of their constituencies. So the larger the constituency, the higher the fuel allocation, because there's a lot more area to cover. Finally, members of the legislature are also being paid the combined 175 US dollars per month, uh, which comprises the 75 US dollars uh, linked to the uh, COVID risks, and then the 100 US dollars uh, cushioning allowance recently uh, introduced. Finally, I turn to the judiciary, the third arm of the state. All members of the judiciary have received a salary increase of a minimum 
hundred uh, percent uh, with effect from 1 July 2022. In addition, an allowance that recognizes and aligns remuneration with peers in the legal profession has also been put in place. Number two, members of the judiciary are now also benefiting from the housing loan guarantee schemes and the housing loan scheme as well as the duty-free importation uh, of one uh, a motor vehicle. Number three, members of the judiciary are also being paid the combined 175 US dollars per month comprising the COVID-19 allowance of 75 US dollars and then the, the plus the 100 US dollars cushioning allowance. In conclusion, colleagues, therefore the government of Zimbabwe reiterates its commitment to pay competitive remuneration to civil servants and to all arms of the state in order to retain critical skills and derive efficient uh, uh, public services. Accordingly, the government will continue to assess conditions of, of service for all civil servants across the entire state in order to uh, appropriately and timelessly benchmark these in line with economic developments. I thank you. Thank you, uh, colleagues. Uh, by the way, the Monetary Policy Committee of the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe, or that supports the Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe, met uh, recently, uh, last uh, Friday, and the MPC, uh, through the governor, will be releasing complementary measures, additional measures, to again engender stability, exchange rate stability, and price stability in the economy. Expect to, to receive uh, that release, press release, in the course of the day uh, today. I thank you. I'm sure there'll be uh, some questions, some comments. I think we're ready for that. Uh, and I've got uh, some stuff here from Treasury, PS Kumatanga, Vumbe, uh, Kunaka, and others uh, hiding behind me. And they're ready to you know, jump in and assist me in dealing with any questions and any issues. Uh, I thank you. So I'll over to you, Clive, to cover back the Q&A. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Yes, you can go ahead. Yes, uh, my name is Chiri, um, just to ask, Minister, on the measure that you have introduced in terms multi-currency system and uh, the auction system into law, um, how is this going to be carried out, and is this not retrogressive um, in the spirit of what has been said to say that you need to buttress the uh, local currency more than promoting uh, the multi-currency system? Maybe we take three at a time? Second. Thank you. Takuchi Ambaku from Zimbabwe's TV. You speak of restoration of advancement awards. This is something we heard in February when the hundred dollars was introduced. And when you speak to Apex Council, Mr. Alexander, for example, she says nothing has sufficed. This is not another talk show where we're hearing things which will not be implemented. And when you also tell us that you're signing uh, a multi-currency system into law, 
and yet in your observation you stated that there is a preference of the US dollar for domestic uh, transactions. Isn't this then allowing people to actually be skewed towards the US dollar even more? Thank you. My first question, Minister, is that this loss of, uh, of, of fees or incentives to help the civil service in Parliament, uh, is this budget supported in your previous budget or does it imply that you have to have a supplementary budget on it? Um, you, you talked about your first precept uh, looking at stabilization of the exchange rate and inflation. I'm not clear how these measures are going to tackle an inflation of 191%. Um, that, you, that, that you mentioned about. It doesn't seem like there's anything new in there about, about uh, inflation rate. Um, and I'm sorry, I've got a couple of questions. My second, my third question is, uh, you talked recently about M0 being under control um, in terms of an inflation driver, but you also said that board money wasn't. I, I needed to understand what you meant about, what you meant by that, and also how you're going to get board money under control. And my last question, Minister, because I know I could go on all day. My last question is, we just received the presser from the Monetary Policy Committee. Um, it's just been officially released. And uh, Very well. They've increased interest rates to 200%. Um, Very well. My concern about that, of course, is banks' books, how, how that will affect banks' books, particularly MPLs. Um, and so forth. I mean, I, I won't get into the other issues they, they released, but I just received it now. Um, official, uh, but uh, that's the major question in NPL, how are you going to manage bank, bank, books becoming bad? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let me tackle some of the questions. I'll pass some of them on to my colleagues here up front. Uh, uh, the, the first one uh, pertains to um, uh, was it the gentleman from the German agency, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and that question was pertaining to what? Sorry, again. Okay. Remind me. I asked. Um, it has always been said that we the local currency is the way to go. We need mm -hmm. to address the local currency. Okay. Now that ah. we're entrenching the multi-currency system into law, is that not retrogressive? Ah, so, so that's the gist of the question. Now, basically, we are entrenching the multi-currency system uh, in the sense that we've already announced that the, the use of the US dollar will continue uh, over the NDS1 period. So we want to provide assurance to the market that there is no reversal of policy around this exchange rate system that we've adopted. And, with that, and we want to assure you in the public that this will continue uh, over the NDS1 period and want to buttress it. Uh, we have a situation where you can make use of the US dollar for domestic transactions or make use of the domestic currency you are free uh, 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 to choose. Uh, so we're buttressing that uh, and continuing with that, that policy. And then from Ozichi uh, Ambakwe, you referred to the issues of uh, uh, advancements that these have not been honored uh, uh, I'm emphasizing that these will be honored, mm. and we've said that from the 1st of July, these will be paid. Uh, that's, that's, that's an an announcement. And then uh, you, you also uh, seem to imply that the, the uh, putting these uh, exchange rate issues into law 
uh, is entrenching the US dollar as against the Zimbabwe dollar. No, we're entrenching both. Uh, from Andy Hodges, um, basically you are saying that there's nothing in here that uh, you know supports the notion of, of price stability. Certainly the release of uh, grain from the GMB, both wheat and maize, should go a long way in improving a supply uh, in a way that should help us tackle any supply constraint driven uh, increases in prices uh, for, from, from uh, maize or wheat related uh, uh, products. Absolutely. And then in terms of salaries, uh, uh, basically we're making sure that civil servants have an additional uh, income to make sure that they can uh, uh, tackle the increases in inflation that, 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 that we are seeing. In terms of tackling uh, uh, broad money, uh, basically the increase in interest rates, I didn't want to announce that. I wanted the government to announce that, so you got it. Yeah. So that is exactly how we're dealing with the growth in demand for credit by increasing the price of money, which is the interest rate, I'm simplifying it. Uh, that should go a long way in making sure that we, we, we reduce the demand for uh, unnecessary credit in, in, in the economy. But notice that the 200% interest rate is in line with the year-on-year -year inflation that has been recently released at 191 or 92%, uh, you know, uh, year-on-year. Year. Yeah, you referred to the, the issue that perhaps this will push up NPLs and so forth. On that note, I'll hand over to Piers Gromatana to further elaborate on the issue of the interest rates and NPLs. Yeah. And Vumbe, if you wanted to add yeah. in, and on any of the, the issues. Yeah. Uh, uh, th thank you, Honorable Minister. Uh, look, I spent 28 years lending money, and there's one very clear aspect. NPLs are caused by bad lending, never by interest rates. And I think I need to add that uh, we actually need a complete rethink of the Zimbabwean business model that we are currently running. We cannot have corporates in this country continue to have business models that are based on monopoly pricing and unreasonable market power, access to cheap credit, access to cheap foreign currency, access to cheap power because they are always coming to ZPC and to ZESA wanting sub-economic tariffs, access to cheap energy or cheap fuel, and we even struggle. We actually have uh, some companies that want to do some canning of tomato, wanting to get a national project status because they also want access to lower taxes. So the business model of most corporates here has been based on these four or five fundamentals, which we need a complete rethink on. So this, this uh, argument that uh, uh, the productive sector will not be able to borrow, you should be able to sustain your business on correct borrowing and correct interest rates. Actually, the lack of confidence that we all write about on a daily basis is actually a reflection of the inability for us to create savings. So we also now need to restore the value of savings because that is the only way we can create long-term capital. So again, we have had the corporates that have been subsidized, and I, I will have to say this, by pensioners, widows, and orphans by paying sub-economic interest rates. 
and that is actually in turn hate the creation of capital and hate the pensioners, hate the savers at the expense of actually creating savings in the economy. So th that argument, I think we need to take it off the table and we have business that can sustain themselves in this economy on the basis of correct fundamentals. Thank you, Honorable Minister. Thank you. So, Minister, there's one more issue. I mentioned that whether you need a budget supplementary budget. Because it seems like this was not budget for some of the announcements you've made. Would you need to introduce a supplementary budget? So far, in terms of assessment, these increases are within the current budget. We are still assessing as to whether we need a supplementary budget or not. But remember, a supplementary budget also relies on additional revenues because we've been living within our means. So we'd have the revenues first to be able to spend those revenues and therefore request a, a parliament to allow us to spend those revenues. So we'll come back to you in due course on that. <laughs> yes. Let, let's do, I think, three more. Yeah, another one. Um, Rainbow from Bloomberg. Would you please uh, advise Minister on your projection for growth rates uh, in line with the uh, measures uh, that you announced today? Thank you. I was not ready to announce that yet. No, we yes. could announce it with media. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can say that we will take it down a notch where we just say that. No. Okay. Uh, my name is Problem Asap. Okay. okay, from Newsday. My question is to the Minister. You have been talking about surplus and good economic performance whilst our inflation... In this statement? Ah, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are we in, a, in, in an economic crisis here in Zimbabwe? Okay. Well, I thought you said, said there's a surplus in this <laughs> Very well. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Minister. My name is uh, Tatira Junoira. I'm with Newsday. Um, I don't think there was a question you were asked about how exactly um, uh, putting a, a law to support the multi-currency system is going to uh, address the sta you know, stabilize the exchange rate, uh, because you've already put, uh, I think, legal instruments which kind of already do the same thing. So I don't know if you can explain how that addresses the exchange rate problem, and if there's been a suggestion made about floating the Zimbabwe dollar and dollarizing the economy. What is your comment on that? Very well. Thank you. Uh, from, from Bloomberg, um, I have the growth forecast figure for 2022, but as, as is tradition, we will announce that formal revision during the midterm uh, budget review on the 28th of July. Uh, uh, next month. Maybe suffice to say for now that we, we will announce a, a slightly lower growth rate than the 5.5 percent. Let me turn to the colleague from uh, uh, Newsday who says are we in any economic a, a, a crisis. Look, there's uncertainty everywhere. Uh, the global economy, and we're part of the global economy, is facing a challenge because that's the broader question around inflation control around uh, in fact i would say the three f's food uh, fuel fertilizer three f's so there is a challenge globally around that and zimbabwe is no 
different. And, and some of these measures are really designed to tackle those kind of, of, of issues. I talk about the, us reducing the fuel levy to deal with uh, excessive increases in fuel. I talked about releasing grain from strategic reserves, but also allowing uh, millers to, to import uh, freely. That is meant to, again, to ensure uh, a food supply. And, uh, and other measures, obviously, designed to cushion civil servants to make sure that we can increase their purchasing ability and measures designed again to restore the value of our currency such as the increase in interest rates so these are normal policies that any government uh, you know uh, takes action on in order to deal with the situation that we face and that is not unique uh, uh, to zimbabwe you check with any uh, all the other countries in the region you see a very similar uh, type of action or actions being taken and across the world as we speak uh, u.s inflation is on a 40-year high. It was last this high 40 years ago. The same thing applies to the UK and you hear a similar story around the world. So inflation is a challenge everywhere and all the governments are doing uh, uh, whatever they can to make sure that we bring this issue under control and that includes the increase in interest rates, making sure that we have real interest rates uh, 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 you know, prevailing in, in the market. Coming to the colleague from, is it Tariwa from Newsday? Uh, uh, entrenching the, the multicultures into law. Again, let me hand over to Komatanga or, or Vombe. Yeah. Komatanga, want to have a go? Yeah. Now, I, I think the current uh, legislative framework was not fully entrenching uh, the, the use of, of the US dollar. Uh, I think among us, one other thing that you will notice from the, uh, the statutory instrument we are going to issue later today is that we are also saying that uh, if you are going to go to the banks, and borrow in US dollars, you have to repay in US dollars. Because banks were also very much concerned to lend in US dollars because they were worried that you could borrow today in US dollars and two years, three years from now, you will come and you want to pay in the local currency, thereby affecting their balance sheet. So it's another measure that we are actually entrenching in the legislative framework. We did not have that provided in the previous uh, framework that we have. Coming to the issue of whether we are dollarizing or not, I, I think the position has not shifted because if you check on two key uh, indicators, one which is the national payment system, and you look at the volume of US dollar transactions versus Zim dollar, you will find that we are still having 70% of the transaction on the national payment system are still in the local currency, our Zim dollar. And only 30% is in US dollars. So there is actually no direct question of whether we should dollarize or not. I think the, the preference that is there, contrary to popular belief, still indicate that there is a preference for transacting in Zim dollar. It's also even reflected in the revenues of government, in the taxes that we collect. We also collect them in exactly the same ratios, where 70% of our taxes are collected in the local currency and only about 30% is in US dollar. So even when we talk about dollarization, it's very clear that we do not have enough US dollars circulating in the economy to cause us to want to dollarize because the majority of our citizens, the majority of our corporates are largely still 
trading in the local currency. And again, to, then, to just come back to add on to whether we are in a crisis or not, I think the Honorable Minister was very clear. Because I think for the past six, seven years, the issue was always around fundamentals. Address the fundamentals. And these fundamentals which the Minister announced earlier were the ones where the pressure was coming from to say, address them. And we have addressed them. So now the argument is now shifting to something else. But these are the same fundamentals which everyone was clamoring for, which have been addressed. I would want to add that possibly within the MPC statement that has just been released, the governor should have indicated that for the period ending May 2022, we have had a record inflows for exports at 4.9 billion just up to may which actually indicates that if we follow the same run rate we are on course to achieve a record 12 billion of exports do you then ask now the justification for the exchange rate movement that we are seeing against such record exports there is absolutely no justification so when we look at those fundamentals we will argue that we are not in a crisis. We just need to address the behavioral issues that the minister indicated, and these measures, including those announced by the MPC, are meant to do exactly that. Uh, thank you, Honorable Minister. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Fumbe, you want to add something? Maybe, Honorable Minister, on the, on the crisis issue, I think globally there is a global cost of living crisis which is arising from the uh, uh, Ukraine-Russian conflict. I think there's no doubt about it that this is also affecting Zimbabwe. And there has been a disruption of global supply chains really also filtering in, into Zimbabwe and also the uncertainties in terms of the, those uh, resumption of these global supply chains. And then the huge increases in freight globally also, we have seen those also impacting heavily in terms of imported inflation. So it's a, it's a global uncertainty and also some of the uncertainties on the recovery post-COVID where most major companies right now are facing shortages of labor. There's, there's just labor has disappeared uh, for them. So these are issues also affecting the, the, the local economy. Thank you. Very well. I'm sure there are additional questions. I saw Andy lifting his finger. And another colleague at the back, I think, is that your back? I can't tell. Thank you, Mr. Um, you mentioned wheat and uh, maize, um, but those are not the only the only commodities that are driving prices. Uh, we saw cooking oil, that's importation of soya beans, and so on. And it appears that we're focusing on wheat and maize as if that's the only reason why, well, that's one factor why prices are rising for all Zimbabwe citizens. But what about the other commodities? which are basically yeah, right yeah, outside of the Thank you. Um, the question is on fuel, uh, Minister. Citizens continue to ask that why are they being forced to buy blended fuel when uh, there could be a freedom of choice to buy um, um, less? Thank you. The third one. Okay, Professor, I, I just want you to break it down yes. for 
I'm, I'm passionate about civil service because of what they do for the country. We announced these changes, and now we have a law coming that allows a retailer out there to sell in blue colors. Are we now saying if Andy Hodges wants to sell his goods in US dollars, the law does not touch him and say he can sell in strictly US dollars or will have that uh, rate going up? Because already, for instance, bread in US dollars is cheaper when you're trying to buy an article. What's your message to a civil service who has been looking forward to a salary increment in US dollar terms to also try to match up with the reality that's going on? What's your message to a civil Can you just address the civil servant who was in that negotiating room last week, last week, but one, who said, I, I'm not happy with the 100% increment in the dollars, and I want something in your dollars. Thank you. Uh, I think let, let's deal with these three, then we do another round. On the question of the why focus on wheat and maize only, let me distribute the questions I'll ask. Please go back to respond to that. Look, I think obviously you are very right that there is a common basket of about 11 to 14 basic commodities. But I think within that common basket, I think as government, we actually want to focus more on what we regard as the staple food, and which is the basic food consumed by everyone with no replacement. You cannot replace basically largely. And neither can you replace bread. But there are, you asked the question about cooking oil, but there are other alternatives for cooking oil. And we also have even issues, really, with the, the, the oil expressors to actually question, to say, throughout the years, uh, and when we were still in the bags, you remember, we had cooking oil being made from sunflower, from groundnuts, from maize, from cotton seed. We actually need to be asking our oil expressors why now we want 90% of that cooking oil to be expressed from soya beans, which we are importing as soya cake, while we could actually support local production of alternative rows that can actually result in us manufacturing that cooking oil. But the concentration on, on maize and, and, and bread is on the basis that these are the key staple foods uh, that are consumed by the ordinary citizens. Okay, but you, you're still keeping prices going up in the other commodities. That, that's the issue. Isn't it? You may be able to restrain the price of bread and wheat, but the other commodity prices may still stop going up, unfortunately. That's yeah, but, but, but within those other 14 basic commodities, we have already taken the necessary interventions by opening up uh, a duty-free importation uh, of, of those commodities. So we, we have already intervened to, to, to try and curb monopolistic and unreasonable price increases on the other 14 uh, 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 products uh, through that particular SI. It is actually working because we have seen prices of some of those basic commodities actually starting to, to decline. But I think there is always global pressure. If the cooking oil is being only manufactured from soya, which then needs to feed in into the general uh, global food crisis and the increase just even on, on, on shipping costs, as, as Mr. Vumbe indicated, 
Uh, so, 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 but we believe that the, the initial SI to open up those other products for importation should actually start to deal with the sparing prices of those commodities. Now, I turn to the question then on, on blending, uh, that you want to be free to buy any fuel. Uh, you don't quite appreciate that everyone is forced to use blended fuel. You see, the, the uh, blending strategy is one way of curbing sharp increases in fuel prices. And this has worked very well. In fact, without the current blending taking place, the price of fuel will be higher. So this is to, the, to your benefit and to the benefit of the public. Most governments around the world uh, practice this uh, uh, policy of blending fuel for that reason. Even in the US, United States, they have a blending policy. And in, in countries such as Brazil, which are even more advanced in terms of biofuels, you see uh, uh, even more aggressive policies in those kind of countries. So this is not abnormal. It is normal uh, 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 in countries where uh, they are able to do it. And this has been very helpful in containing the, the sharp increases in prices. The last question had to do with the payment uh, for civil servants in US dollars. As we said earlier, government earns 30% of its revenues in US dollars and 70% in Zimbabwe dollars. It follows, therefore, that whenever we're thinking of the salary increases, you see more increases in domestic currency in terms of the Zimbabwe dollar than in US dollars. So the current offer has been based on the currency of dominance in terms of these revenues, which is Zimbabwe dollars. So that's where this at least 100% uh, offer is, is based on. But as I said earlier, and this government has already pronounced, we'll continue our discussions with civil servants uh, to hear their concerns. And again, we'll look at our coffers to see whether there's any flexibility at all to increase either way, either Zim dollars or, or US dollars. But as I said, the, our constraint is this 30-70 inflow in terms of 30% US dollars, 70% uh, Zimbabwe dollars. But also we've, we've, we're putting in place several, you know, numerous non-monetary benefits that I've outlined. It's not just the salary, but also the non-monetary benefits also matter. Pierce wants to add yeah. something. Yeah. Um, I think f one thing that I also need to highlight uh, is that from a policy perspective, government policy has always been to pay the lowest civil servant 75% of the PDL. That, that's, that's, that's the policy. That's what we've always aimed for. So if you do the numbers at any exchange rate of the 175, right, added onto the Zimbabwe dollar component, you will actually find that we are now above that 75% threshold. But I think what we've actually seen being propagated in on social media is that when we are talking about salaries for teachers, for nurses, there is a deliberate omission of the US dollar 175, as if it's not being paid. So when someone says, oh, they're getting 60,000 as a minimum, they are deliberately excluding the US dollar 175 at, 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 at official exchange rate, you will find that it takes the overall salary above 100,000 US dollars. And even if you look at the latest number that we have for the poverty datum line, it's actually lower than that number. And, and so it actually means that from a policy perspective, we are actually within the policy. I would also then want to dispel another notion 
that has always been shared very widely to say that previously, during the government of national unity, the minimum salary was 450 US dollars. That also not correct because 540 yeah, US dollars. That's also not correct because we know that at that particular moment in time, the exchange rate in the market was 1 is to 2.5. So if you actually want to work out the correct US dollar, you have to take that 540 and divide it by 2.5 to get what was the real exchange rate uh, or the real, real salary. salary in US dollars. And if you take the 175 US dollars we are currently paying, plus the 60 or so thousand as the minimum salary, we are not even far off from what the civil servants were being paid at that particular date. But we have also conveniently converted that as what is to one. But when we actually know that at that particular moment in time, there was an applicable exchange rate in the market and the real value was around 200 and something US dollars. It's something that had gone on for long to say that they were paid 540. No, it was not 540. It was 540 divided by 2.5, which was the prevailing exchange rate. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, last three questions, I guess, Clive. Last three. <laughs> and so, you choose, let's run an auction of questions here. Highest bidder. Highest bidder. I'm glad you Mangezi. My question was to Pierre Bamagai. You spoke about 70% of. 25%. Rather, you said 70% of transactions are still being done in local currency. Doesn't that concern you? I think to me, I would feel like it feels as if the ordinary citizens may not be banking and currency, or other corporates may not also be probably concealing their use of that transaction. So to say that most of your policies are being informed that, from that perspective, uh, probably isn't it uh, taking you probably off trade or doesn't concern, doesn't it concern you that it means that more US dollars are probably still floating around. But also what is in the banks is similar issues. Uh, who's next? Uh, thank you. My name is Shara from Business Weekly. Permanent Secretary, you said that uh, our exports for up to May were uh, 4.9 billion. Uh, given that the surrender requirements for the, the Arab is about 40%, it means that uh, we are getting about uh, 1.9 billion to the reserve of Zimbabwe. Uh, monthly to be around 392 uh, million. I understand there is a lag. I understand there is a lag in terms of uh, the money coming into the country, but the disparity between the 392 million versus uh, 25 million that is sold every seven there is a huge disparity there. Maybe if you just explain uh, how, how that happens. <laughs> Yes, just go ahead. 
Fourth one. Yes, my last one. Yeah, I, I won't speak again. For uh, this one is directed to the pencil. You said there was a 2.5 uh, exchange rate obtained during the GNU. I need clarity because when I when I have a parent who was a civil servant then going to an ATM and getting green back 500 or 400 depending on their grade and then you say it was 216 ah because yes when the 2009 when the US dollar came the salaries were increasing gradually no one got 250 in any amount it had to go he said it as low as 100 even in the private sector we were getting salaries in the regions of 100 it increased gradually but my question is clarify, clarify things. Because when we're going to an ATM with card Ramdar, Digitorama US, I don't think of 400 and something. And now we're talking about the exchange I did the math that you say, it's coming down to 216, but it wasn't 216, it was 400 plus. Maybe we take a fifth one. What do you think? One minute. Yes. But um, my question is uh, on the pricing of uh, cooking oil. Um, we've seen in the shops uh, the price of cooking oil is uh, priced in US dollars, uh, whereas those companies are actually getting uh, uh, the forex from the auction. Uh, so can the minister explain why uh, we actually have such kind of uh, uh, preferential uh, pricing in US dollars for certain products? And also, if we are to make an effective uh, pricing range for all the commodities, why don't we have uh, sort of uh, recommended retail pricing uh, in, in US dollar, and there is a recommended retail price for the um, Zim dollar equivalent, no so that at least control. there is no, no kind of uh, um, sort of uh, advantage uh, being taken by uh, uh, retailers uh, to the client. Uh, thank you. Uh, four questions. The first one is uh, you directed my right? Yes. Guys. We talked about the 70-30 split in transactions and your view is that well it is still not really uh, meaning that our citizens are not banking their US dollars so I'll direct that to the PS to deal with them. I think the only other missing aspect on those ratios that I didn't indicate is on the bank deposits. Because even the deposits in the bank also reflect that 70-30 split. So when you have the deposit in the bank reflecting 70-30 split, the revenues reflecting the 70-30 split, and the payments also reflecting the 70-30 split, I think it's, 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 a, it's a clear indication. Yes, there would be some elements of non-banking or of funds circulating out, outside the formal system. That has always been the case in Zimbabwe, even when we had a mono-currency system. 
but 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 to actually indicate that most of the transactions are still occurring in Zim dollar up to end of May to about 12.2 trillion was actually transacted as Zim dollar. So we, we, we are still seeing uh, uh, that huge uh, 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 preference uh, uh, for, 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 for Zim dollar. Um, and just answering the issue around the 40% uh, 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 from uh, Mr. Shara, I, I think I've just been corrected to say that the 4.9 billion is actually total foreign currency inflows. Yeah. It's not all, it's cumulative. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's all foreign currency inflows. So we need to break down and say how much of that were exports and how much is the 40% and then address your, 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 your question. Your question might still be relevant, but again, not all of the retention are done at 40%. We've got some companies that have applied because they are recapitalizing or because they've got special projects that they are running where they may, they may be allowed to retain more than the 60% for various reasons. So it's not a flat uh, 40% for everyone. I, I think um, to explain the 540, the 400 that we're talking about, I also think I will also then add another analog to that. Why do we have an issue of legacy debts or of funds that were in people's accounts that they could not access? It's because that 500 was not available to everyone. Or even that ATM, it was not all ATMs that it would go to. Because I was still in the banking sector during that time. I think only two or three banks. Uh, and if I actually want to give myself credit, one of the big was the institution that I was working for, where you could, well, it was one of the three banks which you could go and withdraw US dollars. But the reason why today we actually speak and we are trying to compensate some of the depositors is because they could not access that money, because it was not there. You could only access it at 2.5, then you were assured of getting it. But at 1 to 1, it was only to very limited. A, a, a depositors who could actually access their money at, at, at that one is to one, but it was not available to, to everyone. Thank, thank you, Pierce. If I can add on the issue of the gap between what we're earning in terms of gross uh, receipts and what is on the auction, the, I must say that if we'll do the numbers of the breakdown for you just to assist, uh, but also there are other liabilities beyond just commitment to the auction by those who need to import, uh, external liabilities that we need to honor, and, and debt service. So all those, again, come in to, to take their share in that $392 million that, 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 that you mentioned. Uh, so, so there are the liabilities beyond just the auction uh, commitments. The, you asked about the, the gold coins. Of course, the Reserve Bank will do further pronouncements on how that will be operationalized uh, in detail. Uh, but this is a project that the Central Bank has loaned, the government has loaned through the Central Bank uh, with immediate effect. Uh, so it will be rolled out and further information will be provided uh, in terms of how, how that will operate. But, but this is a wonderful thing because uh, it will give you yet another asset in which you can uh, you know, store value in which you can save. So, so this is actually a very good thing, and the gold price has been quite buoyant. Uh, so I, I hope that you will also uh, buy these coins for, for store value, and not necessarily keep your value in US dollars only.
Um, I now come to the cooking oil pricing. Oh, I think that if we had now to start uh, uh, gazetting prices, uh, recommending prices, uh, that would be price controls. I don't think that's a good idea. We don't want to institute price controls. Uh, it might really cause to serious shortages uh, in the market for some of these commodities if, if we start doing that. So we should shy away, stay away from, uh, from uh, uh, instituting uh, price controls. Thank you very much. Bombe, you want to chip in on something? So colleagues, thank you very, very Any, Anyone for one last a bonus question. <laughs> Who is the lucky, lucky person? You are from the government. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you mentioned that. Uh, you are not allowed to ask a question. <laughs> no, no. Why not? <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. You can't ask us a question. Yeah, you can ask me privately. Private. Yes, yeah, because you're a government employee. Okay, yeah, mm -hmm. we, we want to reserve questions for journalists and, and yeah, others. Media. But please, immediately, you come over and ask me your question. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the back. My question is I understand that the foreign currency, the appetite for foreign currency by economic agents bring in raw materials as well as number two, the need for store value. But I understand that the S government, what is your position with regards to the appetite that government has for the foreign currency, which has also been triggered in the fiscal cycle that we have saying about <laughs> the I'll answer let you aid. Thank you very much uh, uh, for colleagues from ZBC. You said Cuthbert, right? Uh, your name? Uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Um, thank you very much for that uh, multifaceted question. Yeah, I'll take the aspects of it on that aspects of Matanga to add. Um, you say that we government has appetite for foreign currency and therefore may be increasing demand for foreign currency. That is not the case. Government is able to take care of its foreign currency needs from the uh, 30% or so revenues that we receive in hard currency from our taxes. So we are raising enough US dollars to meet government needs from whatever uh, taxes uh, uh, come in. And, and in addition to that, whatever we have as excess, we've been using that to support the auction. And for the longest while, we've been releasing as much as 15 million per week, between 10 to 15 million per, per week. Uh, of course, it varies depending on our capacity. 
but it's the exact opposite. We, we do not source money from the auction at all as government. Uh, but then we've also done more. We've made sure that those that we pay in local currency uh, are also you know, managed a little bit in terms of uh, uh, you know, bunching the payments, uh, but also splitting their payments, especially the contractors, uh, splitting their, their payments uh, half in hard currency, half in local currency, to make sure that we limit the amount that they, they, they may use to, to, to approach the, the, the parallel market and therefore push up uh, uh, the, the, the exchange rate. So we're managing all of that, but government is not sourcing money from the, uh, uh, the auction market at all. Maybe, Pierce, you wish to add something? Yeah, now I think you, you've covered, uh, Honorable Minister, very, very well, that uh, we, we, we do not go into the market uh, to, to seek foreign currency. We've actually been suppliers of foreign currency into the market by paying some of the contractors in some of our requirements directly in foreign currency and also as the minister has indicated supporting the auction so we have been providing as government the corporate with this world as i indicated earlier with very cheap forex for a very long period of time as government so we 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 we, we, we are not the ones that have created excessive demand of foreign currency on the market it's definitely not government but just also to reiterate to say one of the major issues of confidence is in dollar was has been the issue of actually holding there's a store of value and that's why the monetary policy statement is now addressed that by ensuring that for the first time in a very long period that we now we have this interest rates that speaks to inflation and that should actually allow anyone who wants to invest, anyone who wants to save a decent return of their money in the same dollars. There is absolutely no need now to get the same dollars and want to rush to spend it. Because you actually be losing value. There will be good value in retaining it. Because in our discussion as we were aligning our policies with the central bank, they also indicated that they will also be reviewing the deposit rates so that they are commensurate with the other side of, 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 of the balance sheet. Because in the past, we've only concentrated on the lending rate without ensuring that depositors also get a fair return for their money. This monetary policy statement and the measures we are taking on the fiscal side are now meant to address that key economic fundamental. Very well. Uh, thank you, Kumantanga. Uh, Vumbe, do you have any additional comments? No comments? Honorable okay. Minister, sorry, you, there was a question which was asked earlier, which I don't think you addressed about once this law to, uh, comes into effect on, uh, you know, putting the multi-currency system, uh, usage of US dollar and Zim dollar, uh, once it comes into effect, does this effectively mean that businesses, retailers will be able now to charge in US dollars if they want to do that? They are, they are already doing that. They are already doing that. Uh, uh, when were you last in shops? <laughs> <laughs> they are already doing it. Um, so, so, but what it does, this is engenders a, a much stronger sense of certainty about our currency regime. That the use of the dual currency or multi-currency, more, more legalistically, is here to stay, at least for the period of the NDS-1 period. It's just to engender a sense of certainty and no policy, uh, uh, possibility of policy reversals. Thank, thank you, Honorable Minister. Thank you, PS. Uh, thank you, PS.
Colleagues, thank you very much. We will be releasing the official statement, statement. very shortly, <laughs> in the next 10 minutes, so you all have access to the minister's uh, presentation. And those of you who don't know where to find it can inbox me, and I'll send them uh, directly. But it will be out there in a few months. Thank you very much. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you very much. Zimbabwe's Finance and Economic Development Minister, Professor Ntulingube, as he spoke to the media today in Harare. And yeah, what do you think of it? The big one, the standout, of course, is the exchange rate uh, situation and the use of the Zimbabwe dollar next to the United States dollar, and that's going to be entrenched at law. So that's all very interesting things. It's going to take a couple of days, I think, for people to unpack and sort of uh, make up their minds as to what this all means. But yeah. Well, share your thoughts with us on Twitter at Three Men on a Boat, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Three Men on a Boat, and on Instagram at ThreeMob.com. Otherwise, go to 3 mob.com for these and other updates. It's Ladder Live for Three Mob Radio. This is a Three Mob Radio production. www.3-mob.com.